Alrighty. Welcome everyone to the first of a series of Cocodona Talks. I am your co-host, Jamil Curry, here with our race director of Cocodona, Steve Adderholt. Hey folks, happy to be here. Awesome. So we wanted to sit down and do a few of these talks just to update all of you out there uh, across the world on what's going on with the Cocodona 250 for 2022. So this is episode one of, of the Cocodona Talks, and we wanted to touch base on a few things, a few changes, what to expect with, the, with this year, and some exciting other ways you can get involved with this race as we lead into 2022. That's my intro. Yeah, sounds good. You're back yeah. in Arizona. We're happy to have you. We I slept for like a month and then, uh, yeah, did did a few fun projects and then now back to work on Cocodona, yeah. Awesome. Give us a quick recap of your summer because you did a lot of exciting things. I know Cocodona is your focus for about half the year. What are you doing with your time else, elsewhere? Yeah, um, good question. You know, I helped put on a mountain bike race in Park City. It's a Park City point to point. That was a lot of fun. That was in September. Um, did a lot of just adventures in the mountains and then the desert, uh, after Cocodona, I was actually pretty trashed after the race. Uh, I mean, f for me, a race takes it out of me, um, you know, out of my soul. And so it takes qu quite a while, especially for a race like Cocodona, this, the, you know, magnitude of Cocodona to bounce back from that. So I was down for two or three months. So Took a while to get some energy back, but yeah. No, Feeling like you're on the up? Yeah. Upswing, totally. maybe? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a couple months. So. Great. Yeah, I was out at Tushers, and that was a, another amazing race. Swept that with um, with some friends. So, yeah, it's been it's been a great few months. Awesome. Well, what do we have to talk about today? Well, first, Cocodona is going to take place May 2nd through the 7th, so the same weekend or same week basically as last year's 2021 race. Um, we have 105 runners registered thus far. 185. Yeah. 100%. I think you said 105. 185. Yeah. Yes. Cutting us short. Um, and we've got, interestingly enough, 18 finishers from last year coming back to race with us again. That's exciting. Um, they didn't get enough, did they? I, you know, it's a pretty big pill to swallow, and I guess they either want to improve on their time or they're just going to do it forever. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see how many of these 18, or if it grows, continue to do it for a third year and a fourth year and a fifth year. If there's anybody who's going to just keep running. Maybe. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Seeing some of the scenes from the documentary makes me want to do it again. Well, I don't see your name on the list thus far. So. Yeah, I figure... But I know a guy. Let me know if you need an <laughs> entry. I figure uh, I need to be on the other side of the table this go around and, and work this one, but Sweet. maybe I'll return the year after. You okay. Know. I'm happy to run if you want to take, take, <laughs> take the reins. All right. We'll talk about it. All right. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, sweet. Do we want to go through those 18 runners? Yeah, let's give them a shout out. That'd be awesome. Sweet. Okay. So uh, first on the list, we got Todd Backman. Yeah. Just trade off. Yeah, here? we trade off. Uh, next up, we got Courtney Boyle. Daryl Denny. Shout out to Daryl because he's the one that provided these chairs we're sitting in. He he's the one that outfitted our office with a bunch of furniture. Cushy. And he he signed up very last minute this year, three days before the race. Yeah, three days before, and he got it done. And I think it was his first time even running longer than 100 miles. I, I to be honest, when he emailed me to get into the race, 
I was like, there's no way you're going to finish with three days. I've never heard of this guy. Who is this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But hey, got yeah, it done. I'm super impressed. That's great. Uh, next up is Kara Diamond Hussman. We got Colin uh, Fallon. Aaron Fleischer. Don Greenwelt. One of our top runners from last year. Yeah. Uh, Brian Hussman. We got Brian Janzik. Uh, Sarah Ostazuski, who shortly after finishing this year, moved to Flagstaff, maybe oh, in part because of the race <laughs> speculation yeah we'll tell discover flagstaff we like we brought some new people to flagstaff oh and she's going to be you know arguably on the podium this year or going to be fighting for the podium for sure she just won mogi on monster 100 and has just spun on a tear all fall so uh, i would love to see her take a little bit of a downtime at some point here and then maybe fire things back up but yeah cool. she's she's just exploring all over yeah it'll be fun to see her on the course again uh, Wes Plate. So Wes put out, he puts out a bunch of great videos, uh, post-race videos uh, about his experiences. Has a great one for Cocodona. Um, so yeah, check that out. Uh, happy to have him, happy to have Wes back on the course. We got Scott Ramey returning. David Reidman. Jody Seminelli. Jose Sosa. I was running some miles with Jose. Uh, Saul Vidrio. Mark Vogel. And Danny Westergaard. So, yeah, those are our 18 finishers from 2021 uh, returning with us in 2022. So shout out to those folks. Yeah, shout them out. And and not to minimize anyone who attempted this year and is coming back. We know there's a lot of you as well. So uh, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll look at those names next time or something. So we're, we're excited to have everyone back. Uh, we've got something exciting dropping this week. So our long-awaited... Uh, in-house produced film uh, on the inaugural Cocodona 250 uh, from this year. It's called Inaugural Year, a story about the first ever Cocodona 250. Uh, and this has been being put together by Dylan Harris, who's on our media team here. Uh, he's been working on this for many months and it is dropping this Friday, I believe around 6 p.m. Arizona time, somewhere, give or take. So. If you have some time this weekend, Friday night, if you want to see it first off or sometime this weekend, check it out. If you have uh, about 40 to 50 minutes, uh, it will be dropping on the Air Viper Running YouTube channel. And you can already go check out the trailer. So this trailer right here is live on the Air Viper Running YouTube channel. Go check it out. Man, it, anytime you have a video with somebody puking in the first few seconds, you know, it, you're like, whoa, this is yeah. going to be for real. I think the, I mean, the trailer itself, it gets me emotional every time. Yeah. Just some of the quotes that were used. It's incredible. Yeah. Makes I me want to go I, back. I can't wait. I'm going to, you know, 50 minutes is a long time to watch, but I might watch it twice in a row. So excited for that. Um, so also coming up, we've got staff and aid station captains sign up going on right now. Uh, I've reached out to the aid station captains from last year. Love to have those folks back. So working on that right now. Uh, if you are interested in working in a staff capacity or taking on an aid station, send me an email at steve at aeroviperrunning.com. Uh, and then we'll have regular volunteer. So, you know, just come out and work an aid station or help us set up or tear down the starter finish line. That'll come live on December 2nd. So a few things going on. And I think we wanted to mainly focus on the changes, the things that we're going to work on, improve, the, some course changes that we have coming on. Um, so, yeah, let's 
Yeah, exactly. So that was kind of, yeah, just our introduction, but we really want to give you guys like some really great information on what's been going on behind the scenes and even kind of bounce a few, few things off in the community. Um, we were talking earlier, like how much should we share? And we feel like we want to be relatively open with, with what we're trying to do and solicit your feedback. So yeah. let's move into some of the changes. Cool. So a couple of new additions to the race uh, that I'm super excited about, and it's awesome that Jamil uh, wants to go in this direction. Also, we're doing a scholarship program. So we're, we have applications uh, on now. If you know somebody or if you are in need, want to run the race and, and feel that you have a financial need, um, we'd love for you to tell us about that. Send me an email at steve at airviperrunning.com. Uh, and uh, one entry will be granted for that scholarship program. Super excited about that. We also have a charity bib program coming with a partnership from Wander Project. Wander Project offers charity bibs for races, and we've partnered with them um, for uh, for you as a runner to be the fundraiser and to raise funds for really a charity of your choice, or if you don't pick one, we're going to pick one uh, that's kind of uh, fits along with the theme of the race and a charity along the course. Um, so it's a $2,500 minimum fundraising commitment. Uh, and with that, you get a free entry into the race. So thanks again for allowing that to take place, Jamil. Um, so charity bed program. Um, okay, one big thing that we didn't do perfectly last year was cutoffs. Um, the course was pretty hard. I think people struggled, especially that first day coming out of the start line, getting up into the Bradshaws, really hot, really rugged. Um, and, you know, my uh, the times that I had listed for estimated first runner and also the finisher, first finisher and all the cutoffs to the aid stations, we were on the fly adjusting those during the race, which you can kind of expect for a first-year race. Nothing goes exactly as planned. Um, so those cutoffs are definitely going to be adjusted for this next year. That information is already up on the website uh, and then the runner guide. Uh, so cutoffs have been adjusted. Um, another change. So crown King aid station three is the first place that crews can access their runners. It's an awesome, I was going to say town, but probably not even considered. Well, it is a town. It's a small, yeah. Very small community town, very small in town. the mountains. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, thus parking is pretty limited up there. So we're going to try to uh, time when crews go up there to access their runners uh, and not just be up there all day because it is pretty limited. Um, so that's a new thing that we're going to do. Uh, for that, we're going to have at the start line an area to hang out for crews. Uh, after the runners go off, we'll have a, an area to sit, be in the shade, order food and drinks. We'll have the live feed up and running. We'll have runner tracking up and running. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll have their, we'll be there for your entertainment and also kind of all the needs that the crew may have. And then we'll release you as your runner gets to a certain point on the course, uh, when we can send you up to crown King. So quick question on cutoffs, the overall cutoff still maintaining at 125 hours. Yeah. Good question. Um, yes, 125 hours. What we found was it was really the first half to uh, two-thirds of the course that the cutoffs needed to be adjusted. Uh, and then the, those later cutoffs, we had enough buffer that those were uh, those were enough. So, yeah, still 125 hours total cutoff. So, yep. 
Uh, water carry that first day was quite hot. We required uh, runners to take three liters capacity from the start line and fill up that three liters at the first aid station. Um, three liters. How many did you carry, Jamil? I think I had at least five and a half, maybe a little more. And I think part of that was I was planning to carry some extra just in case some folks needed it. So I ended up passing definitely probably a liter and a half out to some people. So yeah, that was smart. So you'd you'd been on that first section before and run it and knew how rugged and hot and hard and loose and that was part of it. And then I think I didn't I just threw the couple of these collapsible containers and I didn't really realize how much capa- that I had that much overage. So I just filled up everything I had and it ended up being that much at the end of the day. So yeah. and I'm you not still mad about it. it. I was I was down to like a a little bit, but I was, I was pretty okay. Even with passing out a leader. Well, there you go. Jamil was prepared. Um, there were a lot of folks that weren't prepared. Uh, it should have been a four liter carry that's been changed. So from the start line, you have to leave with a capacity to carry four liters and fill up at that first aid station. That stretch from aid station one to aid station two is 20 and a half miles and has big gains. Uh, it's really steep up and down terrain, loose, super hot out there. So uh, we've increased that uh, by a liter, and we're also going to add a water station. It's not an aid station, full aid station. It'll just have water, but uh, it'll in that stretch, um, you'll be able to fill up in that 20 miles. So it's roughly halfway in that 20 miles. So Yeah, and the four is definitely a required minimum, and I would say if we see another hot day like we did last year, I think our recommendation would be more. And, and that way you'd have an additional water if you want to, you know, wet down your bandana or your sleeves or something. So, yeah, it, um, I think people that underestimated it were, were really hurting. So yeah, that's good. More water, the better. Um, so food, this is probably our biggest feedback from runners. Um, you know, uh, Patty does an amazing job with food for our races. Um, and we had planned on, kind of the aid station staples and then breakfast, lunch, and dinner, pretty much at every aid station rotating through those meals. And it really just, we could have simplified and done a better job. uh, And that's what we're going to do for next year. So every aid station will have a meal, you know, whether it be uh, burgers or lasagna or spaghetti or stir fry, whatever. Each aid station will have one meal that they're focused on and they're going to provide to runners for the entire event. You get their breakfast, you get that meal. You get their lunch, you get that meal. Uh, And we'll also have all the other aid station staples and food as well. But in terms of meals, we're going to have hot, hearty, big quantity uh, meal for you at each aid station. Uh, We'll have, you know, one of those. There'll be a vegan option and a meat option. Um, So we heard you loud and clear. We want lots of meat and we'll have vegan options too. So that's a a huge change for us. Yeah, and I think part of it too, we were – kind of planning, I think at some, not every aid station, we were like kind of, oh, maybe every other or something. And I think that we got to go everyone yeah. with just a race this long and the amount of time we found, you know, especially for those folks that don't have a crew, I think it's so critically important to have like those bigger meals. So yep. that is definitely going to be a change for 2022. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'm personally really excited to try out each and every one of those meals. As you make your way up the course. Yeah. I'm going to do <laughs> things a little bit different. Last time I was parked in the communications trailer and, um, I felt totally disconnected from the race. I'm going to bounce along with it was the... pretty cool. You should check it out. Yeah. 
Thanks. I love that. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I will check it out this year. So those food, those meals are going to be great. Um, okay. So course changes. This is something that I'm sure anyone who ran last year. Do you want me to pull up the map yeah, now? This yeah, is let's the time. Do that. Okay. Give me one second, guys. This we'll, is the time. Yeah. You can get continue on so you know there are a few minor course changes that we're going to make and then a couple of major course changes that we're making um some of them are 100 percent finalized and some are still in the works we're going to go through all the ones that are pretty well down the line in terms of we're confident that we're going to be able to make these changes there are a couple still yet that we're working on um in terms of the course at uh, overall, it's going to stay basically the same. Um, you know, we're still going to start in Black Canyon City, still ending in Flagstaff. Uh, it's basically making the same trajectory, but um, we're going to make the course uh, better. So, yeah, that's what we're going to go through. Um, so right off, right off the bat from the start, um, aid station four. Uh, well, we talked about the water station between uh, one and two. Yeah, the water station will be at um, Milk Ranch Point, which if I can, hopefully you guys can see this on the screen, but right there, Milk Ranch, that was where, unfortunately, the creek dried up on us. Yeah, it would have been great if there was water there, but we're going to get water there for you. So moving up, here is, you can see Crown King there. And then, of course, you climb up, and that's the Senator Highway section. Oh, man, that section is, you were saying how great that section was to open up your legs. And it was awesome because run. just how hard that first part was. And then I was originally a little bummed that we would be on a dirt road. And then when I got there on race day, I was so thankful. There was some really thick forest back there, so we're in the shade. Yeah. And then it's just the views off to the west here was incredible. Um, as like the sun was setting. So yeah, that is a great section. Uh, so moving up here. Um, yeah. Battle flat, I think was, so yeah, ba battle flat was, was it there? Here, maybe? Right here. Yep. Yeah. We're going to move it just down the road about a half a mile to a roster Creek. Uh, it'll be right here. So last year, um, the aid station was just really getting hammered with wind and dust. And so we've just decided to move it down a little bit to a roster Creek. Um, this is where our, um, our course went last year down a roster Creek and you were running kind of in the Creek bed on a single track for a little bit. And then you climbed up and out of the single track onto a heinous ATV road. Um, so it was yeah. like a fence line trail basically like, and it, to me, when we scouted it, it was beautiful because we were there right at sunrise, I think, and a lot of runners, some of the early runners were there at sunset, but a lot of us, including myself, were in the dark, and it's it was really kind Loose of like baby head a cobbles. slap in the face after what we just went through that morning, so we figured, you know, let's, uh, let's keep things moving towards Prescott, and let's do another couple miles on the Senator Highway. Yeah, totally. Yep. So yeah, we moved the aid station to a roster Creek just to kind of make things clear and uh, a little bit better situation for the aid station and then continued on um, Senator Highway, which is not a highway at all, it's, but it is a, a dirt road with some great views uh, until you get to the Yankee Doodle Trail and then we're continuing on there. Yeah, so, so right here is where the 
we came in off of this trail right here. So that was like the end of the, I think it's Yankee Doodle there too, maybe. Right. But after Arastra, so this was, this was that part. You cross this little road and then that's where you're gonna come in from. So Senator Highway in, and then that is the same as it was before. So you kinda, from there up to Camp Kippa will be identical. Yep. Yeah, totally. Those 18 runners that ran last year are definitely going to be happy with this course change, I feel. Um, so we got that one. Uh, aid Station 6, so was Camp Wamatochik, and uh, we're just moving down the road just a little bit to Friendly Pines Camp. It's actually the location that we had originally selected, but then COVID threw things for a loop. Um, so we moved for the 2021 race. And so gonna... here's here's that little tiny change. So before we were coming down this trail, we probably what cut straight up there to hit the camp. Yep. And then connected back in. So you're just gonna stay straight on this section, tie in. Yep, exactly. Very little course change. Uh, we just moved the aid station just. Uh, you can see right here on this zoomed out view. This is Groom Creek. You briefly hit that little town, and you're gonna be hanging a left here instead. And this is where your friendly pines is. Yep. Yeah, totally. So uh, it's going to be a bigger and better aid station. So there's more parking um, and a, a little bit more amenities. And you don't have to go so far off the course to the aid station. So that's an improvement uh, for sure. Uh, this is one of the major changes that we made. And uh, actually pretty stoked about how it turned out. Jamil still needs to get out on the course yeah. and run this section. Um, so we have to jump quite a bit ahead, right? Yeah. All the same through Prescott, uh, through town there, Granite Dells, Prescott Valley, Fane Ranch, all the same. Yep. All the same, all the same, all the way up to Mingus Camp, and then here we go. So, so yeah, last, last year after we left um, Aid Station 10, Mingus Mountain Camp, uh, you climb up to the very top. There's a little glider port at the top of Mingus Mountain. Um, and then you went down on Trail 105. Great single track, pretty rocky, uh, but t takes a big drop off of Mingus Mountain. Incredible views, and you can see Jerome and everything in the distance. It really is a great trail. Um, and then we would hang a right to go on to, I think it's Trail 106. Yep. yep. Trail 106, and then you connect on to this dirt road that – Allen Springs Road forever coming into Jerome and it gets just at first it's smooth and then it's like the miles click by and the rocks keep growing and it becomes kind of a, a rocky mess towards the bottom yeah and not only that but it, it's one of those things where you come around a corner and you see Jerome and you're like all right sweet we're almost there and then you tuck around this other corner and go into the canyon and then you come back out and just it seems like Jerome never appears and it's to me, it's kind of uh, messing with your mind. So yeah, happy for this change. So instead of turning right on 105, we're going to stay left at a junction um, coming down off of Mingus Mountain and um, quickly get onto some dirt roads. We'll cross Highway 89 and then stay above Jerome. Um, you know, these are these are some real great open views. Um, so not that much different. Um, but a better surface to run on. Um, and then I think the coolest thing is just before you come into Jerome, you're looking down onto 
um, this United Verde mine, which from above, which is really cool. And then you run right below it. So, you know, one of the reasons that, you know, we've really want to stay running through Jerome is the hit, the mining history of Jerome. And this, you see the big mine twice, you get two great views of it. So really cool part of the course. Um, Jerome, the town requested this course change also from us. Um, and they're welcoming us back again this year, thanks in part to the, the work that the runners did staying quiet through Jerome. Um, so yeah, we're happy to be back, happy to have an even better course coming into Jerome. Uh, adds a couple of miles to the course, but we've kind of shaved in other places as well to keep us at, we're right at 250 right now. We'll see, that Ooh. changes all the time. Um, okay, cool, so that's that. Uh, the Jerome section. Okay, the the next little change is Sedona. It's the airport loop. So cr still crossing uh, the Verde River there between Cottonwood and Clarkdale. G jumping on the Lime Kiln Trail, take you all the way to, uh, up to the Sedona area. Um, and then you hit all these amazing trails coming into Sedona. Um, so a little bit of a change. So instead of taking the loop that takes you around uh, counterclockwise around the airport, uh, we're jumping and cutting mileage a little bit and going on the north side of the airport for a clockwise loop. Um, just get a little bit different views in Sedona. There's no bad views. Yeah. So it's great. Yep. Cuts a little bit of mileage. Um, keeps us at the 250 mark. So that's a that's a great one. And then here's the big change. So, what was the what was the impetus behind this? Was this did this come from Peter? Uh I think this no, this came from I think me finding out that they've been doing work on this new trail system, it's kind of single track and they have some OHV trails out there, but it connects Munns Park which we have, I have a connection to Munns Park because my, my city, my grandma has a cabin there. Like ever since I was a little kid, we would always go to Munns Park and go to the cabin up there. And cool. so like, that's our initial draw, but they've been developing a trail system in Munns Park and it now connects all the way up to Flagstaff, which is super cool. And it goes through Kachina Mountaineer and then Fort Tuthill. And it just seemed like we should investigate this I did not know about this a couple years ago. I don't think it was finished two years ago when we started this process. So cool. we figured, I knew there was one other way up and out of Sedona that's not wilderness. Well, it's Schnebley Hill Road or Kasner Canyon Trail instead of Kasner Mountain Trail. Yeah. So we figured we should investigate it. So that's what you did recently. Yeah, I did. I, I had a big day and um, we found we found a good alternate. So yeah, let's tell you about this. It's in the works still. We got uh, still quite a bit of work to do uh, on with the Forest Service um, and with a couple of these communities we pass through to get permission. But let's tell you about what the route would entail. Um, so you leave the Sedona Aid Station same way you would before. The church is uh, you know is right over here at the bottom of the screen. You go out um, on single track. Uh, great views in Sedona. Shortly after the light blue line is this new course option that we're looking at. This is all 
single track. It's a connection to the Jim Thompson Trail, um, which, take, which takes you over to the Midgley, uh, Midgley Bridge. Um, the Midgley Bridge is it's pretty iconic, and unless you unless you get out and look at this bridge, you don't really see it. If you're driving north on 89A um, out of Sedona, uh, you don't really get a good view, but it's a beautiful bridge. Um, Over Oak Creek Canyon, huge drop below it. Yeah, it is a, a pretty big chasm. Um, so that's cool. So we get to come out right there at that trailhead, go underneath the bridge on a single track. Uh, it's really beautiful. Uh, and then we go along Oak Creek for a little while, drop down through Grasshopper, Grasshopper Point, Point uh, and then we get to cross Oak Creek, which is another uh, another thing that we're really excited about. So um, another creek crossing, which will, if it's another hot day in Sedona, will be a godsend. Yes. Yep. And it's, um, I mean, it could be, it's a creek, but it's a large creek. I mean, when I went through, it was almost knee deep. Um, and you know, you're wading across, um, I don't know, it's probably 20 meters. So, um, you know, it's a decent sized Creek for sure. Um, so probably yeah. similar to the Verde. Yeah. Yeah. I would think it's really similar to crossing yeah. the Verde river. Yeah. So that's a really cool section. And then you get on a single track, um, climbing up Kasner Canyon, which I don't know why I love this so much that we're either, our options are either Kasner mountain grade or Kasner Canyon trail. So Yep. So yeah, it's kind of swapping out that power line climb. So this is the new feared climb, I guess. You got to get up and out of Sedona one way or the other. You know, it's really pretty gentle. Uh, it reminds me a lot of, um, um, man, I'm blanking on the section of course that it, uh, it reminds me of, but it's just a nice gentle, oh, it's the climb up to uh, Mingus from Fane Ranch. I mean, maybe gentle when you don't have hundred plus miles on your legs. All right. Fine. <laughs> uh, it, it starts out gentle and then it gets steep towards the end. Uh, it's, I mean, it's a lot more gentle than the Kasner mountain grade with uh, under the power lines there. That's, that's just a really steep climb. So, and it's a beautiful Canyon. You're looking back onto Sedona and the red rock walls. Um, you get up to an amazing viewpoint up here um, at uh, the intersection of uh, Shelby Hill uh, Vista where it joins back onto double track. So, you know, a lot of single track in this first little section leaving Sedona. Um, we were on single track leaving Sedona before. Uh, this kind of trades the east side to the west side. The west side gets a ton of ATV traffic and mountain bike traffic and hiker traffic. So it takes kind of takes us out of that high traffic area and still amazing single track climbing up on the plateau. So uh, that part is great. Uh, then we jump on the Shelby Hill Road, uh, and we're on a dirt dirt road. It's for You're the up most in the pines, part, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a pretty quick transition area from the juniper and uh, to to the pines, but it happens. It's crazy how quickly it happens. It's like yeah. just a wall of pines. <laughs> um, and then yeah, and then you're in the pines, uh, and you're up on the Coconino Plateau. Um, and Shelby Hill Road, and then it goes on to more Forest Service roads uh, are great. We'll have an aid station in this area here swapping out for um, Black Tank. Before Black Tank. Huntley Tank. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, Huntley. So, so this will replace Don't forget Huntley about Tank. Huntley. Yeah. <laughs> Never forget. 
Uh, yeah, and the, the both Huntley and Black Tank were getting hammered with dust from ATVs, so that, that this will be another nice switch for that as well. Um, then we continue. We cross under I-17. Um, not a whole lot of traffic that interchange, and then it's a at this section it's a few miles of dirt forest service roads in the pines very beautiful until you get to munns park um, and munns park will have another aid station there at munns park still working on the details there right now we've just shown the route cutting straight through munns park but there's some single track that gets us around we just got to figure out where the aid station is and figure out the exact route um, and then Right after you leave Munns Park, then you get onto that. Um, it's a dual-purpose uh, single track. Um, it's it's the Kelly uh, trail system. It's a it's really a dirt bike trail system, but it's a great single track. Um, so you know it alternates between just soft pine bed under your feet to super rocky volcanic chunky stuff, uh, but it's great single track, uh, and it winds around. Uh, and goes kind of up and down and um, on the plateau for a long time. You're on that single track for about 14, 15 miles until you get into mountain air. Um, yeah, cross back underneath the interstate there at mountain air. Um, jump onto, you know, about a mile of uh, pavement. Uh, we'll have another aid station just before mountain air, and then you're on to single track again coming into Fort Tuthill. So, um, you know, the mix of single track, double track uh, pavement is more uh, more single track than we had before. Um, I, I think the, the views and the trees are just a little bit better than what we had. Uh, less traffic than um, the west side of Sedona and uh, that, that area after the climb up onto the plateau. Um, and then we do have a, uh, uh, about a mile, mile and a half of, of pavement. So that does add a little bit of pavement. But um, yeah, overall, I think it's a great option. So we'll let you know when that's finalized. But yep. right now it's looking pretty good. Cool. Yeah, let us know what you think, um, especially those of you that ran last year. We know it was, I think, it was a, definitely a lot of dirt road miles. Once you get out of that Sedona trail system from Huntley, all the way up and around to just a few miles before Tut Hill. So yeah. um, I know there will definitely be still quite a bit of, of miles of dirt road, but we're trying to just mix it up a little bit and see. So we're still playing around with the idea, but we're going to fully investigate this to see if we can, you know, get permission from these communities and see if we can make it work. It's kind of cool. It adds a couple more little towns along the way too. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, and both are great. So whatever we end up with, yeah, it's gonna I be think great. even if, yeah, I think either, you can't lose either way. Yeah. Yeah. So happy about that. And then aid station 21, the last aid station before the finish, uh, Mount Eldon, we're just going to move that down off of the peak. Um, the aid station tent came back in shreds and the volunteers were telling us that they just got hammered with wind. Yeah. Uh, it's just going to move from... But we were right up here, just down to right there. Yeah, I think. exactly. Yeah. So it'll be in the trees. Shouldn't get too torn up. Yeah. This hopefully time not as hammered. So. Yeah. Yep. And that's it. That's what we got in the way of some other course changes. We'll let you know next time. But uh, those are the ones that we're narrowed in on working on right now. Awesome. 
Yeah. Well, thanks for taking the time, Steve, uh, in your planning schedule to sit down for a few minutes. And we plan to do a couple more of these before the race. So maybe we'll do one in January and kind of update you on the progress and everything going on. So uh, stay tuned for, again, the inaugural year documentary this Friday. And Can't wait. if you guys have any questions, feel free to comment below, uh, or you can always reach out to Steve or myself directly. That's it. Yeah. Thanks for joining. All right. Thank you. See you guys.